Well, we believe that there's no such thing as being overprepared. A couple weeks before we went out to LA to film for Shark Tank, we asked Clemson University successful alum, entrepreneurs, and professors basically to create a mini Shark Tank panel for us on campus in a room that we rented out. So cool. And we said, guys, please roast us, destroy us. Like, we're going to come pitch our product, challenge us on numbers, operations, supply chain, every component of our business, tear us to pieces. We recorded it, it was like a 90 minute segment. We got roasted. We got ripped to shreds. We went back and analyzed that video and picked apart the things that we liked we said, things that we would have changed. And honestly, when we went into the tank and filmed, well, one, we had cold beer with us, so that kind of loosened the tensions a bit. But two, that preparation helped us so much. Like The Shark Tank experience was less scary than our Clemson peers and people we look up to from you know successful entrepreneurs destroying us. Doesn't that sound refreshing? It's amazing. Ah, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at it again. You are in the club, powered by Club Colors. Man, we have had a day, Jager. Jager's back at it again. Two days in a row recording with us today. Absolutely fantastic. We have had a day. We've got Kanga Cooler in. We've got the Brain Trust, the sales team, the absolute experts. These folks are on the move. By the way, they are all over the place. If you're not catching them on social media, get with it. They have come in and talked to our sales team here at Club Colors, and the sales team is on fire. I cannot wait to share with you. You're probably seeing on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, these unbelievably functional and practical coolers, and they're called Kanga because they're like a kangaroo pouch. We're going to get into that. But it keeps your 12-pack of Coke, a cola, or root beer for you, or beer for me, probably Modelo, nice and cold for up to seven hours. It's beautiful, and you can put your beautiful logo on it. But we're here to talk about the total brand journey. Gentlemen, thank you for coming in from South Carolina to see us. We are honored. It's been absolutely amazing. Austin and Breck, thank you for joining us. Stoked to be here, guys. You're going to have a lot of fun. That right there, we may have to run as an ad, Breck. Yeah, like that, that sound that bite was, was phenomenal. Better right. than we could do. Guess what? We are going to drop some clips on you, so I, I look forward to being part of the family on that one. <laughs> you, everyone watching this right now, you will probably get hit with that as a Facebook ad. So All right, rock and roll. Just keep your eyes look, look at me. I'm almost famous. Look at that. It's crazy. So, uh, look, the fact is that we obviously wanted a podcast. We were very excited about it. But we wanted to smash together a dual-purpose meeting. And there's a lot of relevancy as to why we're talking to each other at this time. Uh, But, Austin, I want to turn to you. I I know that um, there's a humility that you have that is absolutely fantastic. But let's, let's also talk about the fact that your organization is growing rapidly. And... Tell us a little bit about how Kanga started. I'm just going to frame it. This was a college project at University of Clemson, or Clemson University. University yeah, Clemson, Clemson, University. Clemson, Clemson University. Clemson University. Clemson University. I've never <laughs> been accused of being bright. Okay. So uh, Clemson University, this is a project that you had to do with your business partner. And um, actually, he was watching somebody pull a beer out of a cooler and then put it into like a um, one of those things that keeps I won't say the name. Yeah, right? careful with the we're going to keep those can things that insulator. keep your can cool. Right. So he put the can in there and then your business partner was like, whoa, we got our idea for the project. Take us from there. That's right. So the project title was come up with a solution to a problem that we face on a regular basis. Running around game day at Clemson University, tailgating, you frequently run into drinking warm beer. You're going from friends tailgate to fraternity tailgate to can't, to the bars downtown, whatever it may be. And so at the time, the only solution we had was to buy a 12-pack from the local convenience store and drink it as it got warm. 
handle breaks on you, the cardboard gets wet. It's just a mess, right? Cans can fall out everywhere and the beer gets warm within 45 minutes to an hour. The alternative was lugging around a big bulky cooler, which we all have these three, $400 mm -hmm. coolers that we right. loved, but they were not practical in that exact moment. So partner Logan saw someone take a can out of a hard cooler that was stationary and put it into a soft can cooler, which kept it cold for the entire time. That person was actually going to enjoy that beer. Yeah. And that's when the idea hit him. Why don't we have that same concept, essentially a can cooler or a koozie for an entire case of beer, mm -hmm. soda, or seltzer. So um, those of you that know, the cooler idea is really cool at beer one. Beer 10, lugging that cooler around, right. starts to get a little bit, uh, you know, a Ugh. bit daunting. And the right? ice starts to melt and you're lugging around water yes. at that point. So I, I got to tell right. you this, literally this happened to me at Meyer. I'm grocery store uh, at the grocery store Sunday night. So I go to get light bulbs for the closet. And I'm like, oh, there's mo there's some beer. Well, Modelo, it's my beer. You know this. Um, so well I, gra fact, I grab a 12er and I'm doing the, you know, you check out on your own now. Yep. Like, yeah, so I, I go to check out. I went to lift it up. Handle ripped right off. Thank God I have hands like Justin uh, Jefferson, Jefferson yep. right? I did. I it's actually than did the like gritty after I, <laughs> but the lady next to me is like amazing save. But here I am. I just paid for it. I haven't even had beer one. I'm walking out. I got a ripped handle. Cradling it. Like cradling it because the, the thing was yep. soggy. So that is the practicality of saving this. That then segues you to some attention. So how did you start to, how did you go from, how did you, how did you condense the time frame or how did you work that time frame from college project, do fairly well with the project, right? Passing grade. Yep. Right. And then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute onto something. So now you go to the crowdsourcing methodology. That's Tell right. us about how that worked. And then we'll talk about the next step of the, the big pop. Yeah. When you're a broke college kid and you have literally no money, you need to find a way to generate some sort of sales or revenue. And the amazing way to do it is with Kickstarter, Indiegogo. These are crowdfunding campaigns where you basically promise a group of people that if they invest into your project, that you eventually will deliver what you say you're going to. Most people who purchase items on Kickstarter have sort of level of patience where they're like, okay, they're telling us it's going to be done in four months. Maybe it's six months. Ours was like nine months mm -hmm. late when they actually <laughs> like started the campaign until when we delivered on it. That's a different story, but Kickstarter is a great way to like get yourself out there very affordably. And so we raised about $30,000 on Kickstarter, started our first production run and then had that deliver Honestly, I didn't even tell you guys this earlier, but that delivered a week before we actually went on that TV show. So we were almost wow. filming wow. for that next chapter with no product on set. So Pretty you crazy. you then get an opportunity to go on Shark Tank, right? And uh, prior to that, this is the coolest part of that because I think there's a lot of wisdom in this. You decide to go back to university and essentially go, all right, for the next three hours, poke holes. That's right. Like kick us in the teeth, challenge everything, challenge the model, challenge every margin, challenge our whole pricing structure, challenge the functionality of this, challenge everything. And you, you say, okay, if we could pass the test here, then at least we stand a chance when it's on, on TV. That's right. So tell us about that process. Well, we believe there's, there's no such thing as being overprepared. And so a couple of weeks before we went out to LA to film for Shark Tank, we asked Clemson University successful alum entrepreneurs and professors basically to create a mini Shark Tank panel for us on campus in a room it. that we rented out. So cool. And we said, guys, please roast us, destroy us. Like we're going to come pitch our product, challenge us on numbers, uh, operations, 
supply chain, every component of our business tear us to pieces. We recorded it. It was like a 90 minute segment. We got roasted. We got mm -hmm. ripped to shreds. We went back and analyzed that video and picked apart the things that we liked. We said things that we would have changed. And honestly, when we went into the tank and filmed, well, one, we had cold beer with us. So that kind of loosened that helps. the yeah, tensions that a help. bit. But two, that preparation helped us so much. Like the Shark Tank experience was less scary than our Clemson peers and people we look up to from, you know, su successful entrepreneurs destroying us. So, we, you know, there, there's something to that. I think the idea of presenting in front of people, you know, too, it just, it's a different nerve level and it, it brings up an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I mean, we do some stuff internally where this is why role play is so important in, in sales. I don't know if you guys do a role play with your, with your sales team, but one of the things that we started doing a few years back is we have our team have to pitch to their peers in front of the whole team. The reason being is the team knows what they're supposed to say and not say. A client doesn't necessarily know that. They have an idea. Maybe they get an idea of the direction you're going to go. But there's nothing more daunting and challenging than that. So I love the fact that you were like, let's get in front of these folks. And we know that they're going to rip us to pieces. And then we're going to be prepared. That repetition prepares you. It is. Like, Brett, we, we went on a cold call journey just a couple weeks ago where we jumped in the brew bus. It's the magic brew bus. It's our version of the magic school bus, if anyone remembers. It's Scooby-Doo. It's the, the <laughs> show's the magic school bus, actually. Yeah. It's like a cartoon way back when. But Ro -ro jumped in and <laughs> nailed that, actually. Yeah. Wow. Like, zoink, Scoobs. <laughs> That's actually phenomenal. Handsome. <laughs> uh, and Breck and I just jumped in the car and drove around and basically just cold called on people. But it, Breck wanted me to critique every single moment of him going in there because I've done thousands of cold calls along the journey of Kanga. Breck was our first intern. He's been with us for years. But like he was asking for that immediate feedback. Like, mm -hmm. what would you change? What would you do differently? So, so Breck, tell me, tell us a, about the journey, right? You came directly out of college have an internship there. And now you kind of have this, like I heard you present today. Okay. And I heard what you said, but I felt what you said even more than I heard what you said. Okay. Where's that coming from? I don't know. It's, um, it's one of those things that you kind of, I would say, pick up on the way. Um, I've learned a lot from Austin, especially he, uh, like I said, I'm always open to critiques and just what I can do better to help, um, not necessarily myself, but the company. Cause like if we each, uh, don't do, what's necessary of ourselves and the company's not going to succeed sure. here. So uh, that's really yeah. just the driving force is uh, we always operate on the one team, one dream mentality. And it's just, as long as we stick with that, then we know that it's going to be the dream that's going to be successful. How so that's, your perspective changed Brett from like when you were an intern three and a half years ago, what the state of the company was then, which it was scary even to like reflect back on and like I was gonna say, what it is today. Going into that decision to be the first intern. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the, uh, the story with it is uh, I had reached out to Logan. I had seen the product prior and I'd reached out to Logan, the CEO, probably uh, February or March. And then I was just like, Hey, do you guys need an intern? What, what's the deal? I love the company. You know me, you know, I could work. So I want to catch that. It was the product that caused you to say, I want to intern here. Yeah, because I, cool. I had just been introduced to the product and I was just, this is, you know, I'm a college student. This is something yeah, that yeah. I would use. This is something that I knew that I could be passionate with doing. And so I'd reached out to Logan. I was just like, hey, look, you guys need an intern this summer. I'm coming home. I need a job. And uh, just want 
to do something more meaningful than you know a lifeguard or something like that. Yeah, and um, especially since like, you can't swim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So that would have been terrible. Yeah, it's, I look weird up there. With yeah, exactly. and, he's uh, got yeah, the floaties on. Saving lives. So yeah. it, drinking beer makes more sense. Yeah, there. absolutely. Exactly. I mean, let's be honest. Have a real impact on the yeah. world. Okay. Right. <laughs> Saving lives for drinking yeah. beer. Let's be honest. Come on. But uh, right, go ahead. Sorry. But yeah. So it's uh, he said. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we actually have some big news coming up that I can't necessarily share right now, which in that uh, time was Shark Tank. Okay. And so I came on right after Shark Tank had aired that summer. It aired in April, right? Mm-hmm. And so I came on that summer, and then uh, I started just pick pack shipping. That's just what I was getting paid for. I was getting paid like uh, it's like 400 bucks a month, you know? So it's just like, but the knowledge that I was gaining is what I was working for. And I remember uh, telling my dad, I was just like, Dad, I don't know. I would try to save up, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. He's like, well, the knowledge that you're going to gain here in this business is going to be priceless. And so it's, you know, it's far worth. And I was like, okay. Then I'll so with it. for, for Austin and Logan's your partner. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's your baby. This is your baby, right? This is, this is your business. It's your pride and joy. I talked to Breck. I talked to Colin today. They, they carry a similar pride of brand. I want to know from both of you, how do we download that? And why are you so accepting of the download? Yeah. And we have a third partner, Ryan. And, and hi, Ryan. Leave him Sorry. Hanging. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the kind of the heartbeat behind the scenes. Oh, jeez, Ryan. He knows it. Yeah. It's fine. We're yeah. going to, we're going to fly you up here and have your own episode. Uh, no, lo- lo- Logan's the brains. I just do the talking. And then Ryan is just the smart one behind the scenes doing <laughs> like the heavy lifting. Yeah. I think. I hate the, like the cliche of this word, but the importance of culture is unbelievable. And I think that we're just approaching it a little bit differently. And you guys have one of your core values is winning is fun and it's supposed to be fun. And I said that too earlier. And then when I saw that on the wall, I was like, yes, like you guys understand, like you spend so much time at work, Mm -hmm. right? You spend so much time at your job. Like we're doing 45, 50, sometimes 60 hours. It's like, why would we not want to create an environment that people enjoy being in? Obviously, there's components to the job that aren't fun, but then so much of it is that it outweighs some of those like tougher moments, the mm-hmm. adversity and stuff that you have to like go through. And they're like, oh, not everyone wants to jump in the warehouse during Q4 and chip orders. But it's like, well, if we do this, then we get to win as a team. Then we get to go to Cancun as a team. Then we get to go to trade shows and play pickleball. And we get to have Friday beers and all the fun things that come with that hard work that goes into it. And everyone's just bought into that. Yeah. Like if you're not working hard in our office, you kind of feel like well, I'm not doing what everyone else is doing and I'm falling behind. Yeah. yeah, That's crazy. And sometimes it's almost like too much. We have to be like, guys, go home, take a vacation, please like take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes you can take it almost too far, mm-hmm. but we try to find that balance and keep it fun and healthy. There's something to that though, with the, the hard work that goes into everything you're building, everything you're crafting, and then ultimately having the, the reward and then the payoff down the road as a team, it just makes that moment that much more special when you know all the hours and all the late nights and the work that you've put in together, working towards this one team, one dream. Um, it just makes all of that that much more. Yeah. My, my favorite thing is when one of our quote unquote younger guys who have been there like two, three years now will say that, Hey, I just got back from like my fantasy football draft week and I was hanging out with all my buddies from college and they were telling me what they do. And I was telling them kind of like what I do. And they're just like mind blown at what we have accomplished and done when they've been just doing X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. working for an accounting firm, 
surface level stuff, not major having a job, having a job yeah. and not loving their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They made really good money, but they didn't have fun or do anything exciting. And I get to explain to them what we do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, wait a second. That's like your job. And they're like, yeah. So, that's you know, cool we story. talked about Gary V earlier and Gary V always talks about like shame on a business owner who thinks that their employee is going to love the business as much. And they never can. Right. But at the same time, you know, um, it's it's really, really inspiring to work for and to interact with CEOs and, and executives and entrepreneurs that want their employees to have that same love. So they try and create an environment that can be loved. What have you fallen in love with? Like, look, obviously, dad gave you great advice. Like, you can't put a whole lot of, maybe you can't put a dollar amount on the lessons that you're learning, but those dollars will start to add up. Who knows with that? So amazing advice. But at the same time, when you're looking practical, you still have to have something fill in your heart, right? So uh, what is it about the internal culture, the bonds that you're creating, the reactions that you're getting from, like, we are blown away today. I'm like, I'm normally animated on these podcasts, but I'm kind of hyper animated right now because I'm fired up. Like I, I see a lot of stuff. We get to see a lot of product. I talk to a lot of people, you know, and you know, I try and put on like a a good show and I, and I try and be genuine, authentic and whatever. But I am, I am literally authentically moved right now by the whole story and the whole conversation and just the interaction today. Where is that? What, what is that for you? I think, um, that really lies in consistency because I was just thinking back um, during my first internship, the culture was the same. Uh, we moved uh, my second internship to another office. The culture was the same. We've grown into a third office. The culture is the same. And it's, it's always been that consistent. Um, we, we know what we need to get. So it's done. not contrived, right? It's like, it's kind of, it, it, it's, 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 um, it's by design, but you're letting it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the coolest thing is, and it starts from the top, and our our leadership team, Logan especially, it's like he'll never ask Breck or anyone else to do something he wouldn't do himself. Yeah, that's And when really he cool. proves yeah, that absolutely. to everyone, and when he's out sweating and shipping the orders, it's like, yeah. well, now I'm going to do it, and now Ryan's going to do it, and now Breck's going to do it, and it's just like a trickle-down effect, mm-hmm. and it's just like we're all pushing each other. I think the other cool thing is like we've built friendships here. It's like mm-hmm. it's it, you don't always want to mix that, but for right now in our stage of it our makes business, sense. it's working. Yeah. And I don't Plus, you're building out the foundation of what's going to manage because you're building those layers of management right now, right? right? And you're scaling very fast. So you do need people that are loyal and bought in and are willing to go through hell in order to get to the sweet spot exactly. and are willing to understand that you might not make a ton of money right now, but that ton of money is coming over a period of time and you have a legacy that you're building beyond just having a job. So like you're in that really cool sweet spot. I think that we're kind of similar yeah. where it's like, um, you know, when we do like a mentor, we hire somebody, we go, you're going to mentor that new person coming in. There's no bonus. There's no incentive. There's no pay. What it is, is your audition to show us that you're a leader to manage yeah. six of those people. When we decide that we need a manager to manage those six people and you've already got the chops to do it. He's a product of that same exact thing where we did that like four years ago. And it was like obvious choice to be a manager right. now. So it's the delayed gratification Yes, and it's yep. not needing it now. And I think the other cool thing is yes. Now we're finally starting to get to a point where we are paying market rate. We're taking really good care of our employees and like the compensation is there and it, it's still coming. But a lot of people aren't working at King of Coolers for the money. No, that's my point, right? That's they want cool. that. They're, they're seeing the big picture. Yeah. They're seeing the power of the brand right? and yeah. everything that you guys represent, the lifestyle that you're, that you're building all of it. And it attracts talent in a different way. 
Uh, we just had this discussion on uh, the the latest podcast mm-hmm. with, and the relevance of, of Gen Z and how they react Purpose. and, and inter- yeah. entertain opportunities that, that they see. Yeah, it all drives back to that alignment. All right, so now we crowdsource. Shark Tank goes, all right, come on, man, let's go. So you do the pitch, right? And that creates some energy in yeah. the marketplace. Like people start to go, whoa, okay, check this out. Now all of a sudden you find this crazy industry that we happen to be a part of, this <laughs> promotional product it's and branded apparel one. industry. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute, this is a different thing. We didn't know, like you weren't looking for it. It kind of no. found you. That's right. Like... I think people saw the the presentation, but they saw the product. They also saw that you guys were vibrant and funny, and you got a dude doing backflips in a kangaroo suit on the <laughs> damn NBC, and like that's a good time, right? But then you start to look into the product. You go, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You got a lot of space to put a logo on it. It's practical based on the uh, how much it costs, the price point, and how long you're going to get usage out of it. It's like a massive return on investment as it relates to marketing spend. It makes brilliant sense. So tell me about how this industry finds you. And the next thing you know, you're going to trade shows and people are like, whoa, whoa, what is this? I still can't wrap my head around this freaking industry. (laughs) What did I tell you? Either can we. (laughs) I thought there was 9,000 and you guys told me there's 26. 24,000 distributors. 24,000 distributors. It's wild. So we go into Shark Tank with $100,000 in sales. We kind of knew that was the number that was going to not get us laughed off the show. First six months in business, $100,000. $30,000 came from the Kickstarter campaign. We didn't know how to get the other $70,000. We have no money for marketing. We have no money for wholesale and holding inventory. So the only thing we can do is what fell into our lap. And it was a distributor reaching out to us who said, I represent a beer company and I want to sell them your coolers full custom on your behalf. And we were like, you're going to work. Yes, for, please. Yes. <laughs> Wait, you're going to yes, be please. a sales rep? Can we like, fill the beer for you? Is right. it? <laughs> Crazy. And yeah. so that actually for three or four months, we generated $70,000 in sales through that industry and promotional products. Like is the reason our company is in existence today because of the way that the payment terms work and the chunky chunky, right? Yeah. yeah. He comes in a thousand units here and 300 pieces here. And it, it really builds a foundation and also gets the product in front of like so many people because mm-hmm. a lot of them are being used for gifts or incentives or it's yeah. like they're being given to someone at a moment when they're being rewarded for something or excited about something or yeah. it's a corporate picnic. And it's like, here's a 12 pack of Modelo in there. This is not a Modelo ad, by the Wait way. Wait a minute. So where's this, where's this picnic? Yeah. That's the fourth time we've mentioned it in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> could of the you, podcast. could you, pin, so, could you pin that picnic? That's right. send, yeah, me? send me the address, please. And, uh, and so the promotional product space kind of like fell in our lap and we've been at it for six and a half years now since the beginning. And we love it. It's still a major chunk of our business. It's e-commerce first, but wholesale and custom fall right below it. And now we have solutions for you know less than minimum less than full die sub which is embroidering and it's screen printing and it's doing the two-week turnarounds with the 25 unit moqs and it's just a fun space i'd like working with the distributors like they get jazzed up and and then when they give it to their customers they they're excited because they get to give them something that's unique and different and i don't know it's It's a reaction man it's about the end user reaction. Yeah. It's about that, experiences. It's the experience. You want to create that yeah. experience. So we talk about creating, creating inspiring brain experiences. And, and for us, you know, that's the reaction. Like uh, we had the CEO of Sanmar on the big, largest. Big yeah. Big business. So he literally goes, when I go to a show and I get like this swag bag that's filled with junk, I leave it in my room. Now, 
first off, wasted marketing spend. But let's think on a deeper level. You're now hurting the environment. That's right. That's going into landfill. I mean, there's a whole lot of variables. It looks bad for the brand. How you do one thing indicates how you do other things, right? Um, You give out something that's cruddy, then that's a reflection of your brand, right? So I think that that's the cool part is when you do, when you focus on quality and things that people can functionally use, it creates a better reaction. And that reaction creates inspiration. Yep. People get super hyped up about it. And I think that you've, you're onto that. So how do you continue to innovate? Because it started with the big, the big, the big bopper, right? The big pouch, right? And now we've started to recognize that you can add on product to that. You can kind of create a kit, if you will, of multiple different products. How has that innovation process been, been gratifying and how's that working for you? Totally. I mean, it starts with the niceless beer cooler. It's a koozie for a case of beer, 12 pack, 24, 30. But then you got to listen to customer feedback. People are like, hey, I love this, but I have, I'm a six pack Modelo drinker. Again, not a Modelo ad, but. <laughs> Could be. Listen. Modelo, call us. Yeah, please, actually. <laughs> please. Sweet. You yeah. want to sponsor yeah. this episode? Club Colors, hit them up. Uh, and so people were like, oh, I drink six pack Modelo. You guys don't have a solution to that. And what if it's like, I'm going to be out on the boat all day, 12 hours. Do you guys have a solution where I can throw ice in it or where we can find a happy meeting here? And so you had to take that customer feedback and then we develop products that fit what our customers are asking for. And so every new product that's come out, we come out with this product called the pouch. It holds a six pack of beer or 12 pack of cans, six pack of bottles or 12 pack of cans. No ice needed for up to seven hours. It's got a waterproof liner on the inside. If you want to throw in loose drinks with ice, wine, liquor, anything you want, you can be used in all sorts of ways. And then people are like, you guys need to make a backpack version of this. It's like, okay, we will. Oh, like, yeah. thank you. Like the feedback that people give us, if our customers say they want something, we're going to build something for them. See, I'd love I, that. Yeah. I was going to say, I love the, the mindset to, to listen to the customer and then take the innovation and the, the mindset that goes behind product development and actually put that in action and come up with new solutions. that will always keep the, the company relevant and the brand evolving. I love cu- you ever had a customer just give you the, stupidest idea ever oh yeah all the time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you still try it with that one we like, didn't just so like a t- like a test like someone says multiple people have said put a speaker on it and i'm like guys this is a premium soft-sided cooler at a 45 dollar retail yeah. price point we put a speaker on it it's gonna be 200 like what do you you know but, know, but we might have to hook you up with uh orgy audio Oh, yeah. That does the collaboration. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. see that speaker up there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's on the table. It's, it's on the. It's By the like, way, I was not the goofy customer that came up with the idea. I'm just saying <laughs> like I'm just trying to be a problem solver. You know what I'm saying, bro? Totally. Now it's so important. You got you got to listen to them and, and they give the best feedback because they're using the product. They paid cash for the product. I think that's the biggest thing we've learned over. It's like we've given out samples to people, especially early on. Their feedback is not as valid as the person who gave us $45 for the product and then critiques it. Right. So people we gave it to for free, a lot of times it's family, friends. They're like, this is great. You guys are going to crush it. You guys are amazing. It's like, no, but the person who paid for it is actually going to use it. And it's their money that they worked hard for. And so the feedback is much more powerful. Exact amount of years in business. Six and a half. Six and a half years. So industry, industry averages are actually business averages for a small entrepreneur business, a small business or any business. In their first 10 years, the failure rate's 94%. That's right. Okay. And um, as we talked with our CEO just a second ago, Jeff Balmay, he talked about this interesting point that a lot of companies have bigger issues with indigestion instead of what was the other word that he used? Instead of trying to- Starvation. Starvation, right? Indigestion versus starvation. Um, you've got an interesting dilemma that I think 
uh, a lot of businesses would love to have, which is how to control the growth. What has been the hardest part um, as you are going out there and getting the word out? You're going viral on your social media posts. Like there's a big following on TikTok. You got a big following on LinkedIn. People love the brand as much as the product. And that says a lot for the people that represent the brand, right? Because you're putting the message out there. That being said, there's, you, you rarely ever want to say no to an opportunity to grow and scale. So there's a daunting thing ahead of you right now in that you are facing that indigestion yeah. of explosive growth. What has been some of the challenges there and how do you stay the course, keep the mindset right and keep, keep yourself level that this is a great, you're blessed to have this problem. That's right. Well, I can think of two immediately and we've had big box retailers come for us and say, we want it. We need it. We're ready for it. Let's scale. It's like, no, we need to win where we're at right now. Perfect the merchandising strategy, perfect the relationships, make sure our fulfillment day is less than 24 hours. Like be great to the people we've already made commitments to. Mm -hmm. That's why we've said no to some big boxes who have come after us. Also, we're still learning the independent space. Wholesale is a completely different ball game. It's different than custom when you know, ones and twos are being handed to a customer. This needs to sit on a shelf with purpose yeah. and, and be well executed. And the other thing is opportunities like Good Morning America popped up just a couple months ago. And we had to limit the amount of product that we could allocate to our segment just because if we overextend ourselves, it's going to impact e-commerce, wholesale, full custom, embroidery, all the other sides of the business. And so we just have to be strategic. We do weekly inventory planning sessions, weekly financial sessions, just to make sure that we're keeping the course for the four or five channels that we've said we know we can grow in and the other 10 that we know are coming down the pipeline in the future, we'll hit those when the time is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get excited talking about them. You guys heard, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, know where yeah. we can go. With I can, all these I can other, hear it in your voice. <laughs> but the, the ones that we're in that are working are, and, and we've made obligations to people. And I think it's important that we do our best for them because those may sacrifice as we start to get quote unquote distracted and looking elsewhere. Yeah. So. Rick, what's been what is the the biggest challenge that you face in your specific role um, that you are, you're excited to tackle and solve? I would probably have to say um, I would I would love more inventory. That way, I could just sling more coolers because I'm very uh, product or our stock cooler focused. So you know, if they want, uh, there's you know, two. Well, there's two. So we clarify for our listeners. There's two sides. You could do highly custom. Right. Or yes. you could do stock where you drop a logo on it. Yes. So you could do one that's sub dye sublimation. That is your like it's your brand's cooler. It's fully yours. Right. Or you could do a stock, which is what you're handling. That's going to have a patch on it is going to have embroidery on it is going to have screen print. I just want to clarify yeah. that and go scene. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's, uh, this, this will, uh, circle back to the one team, one dream, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those when I have, when I have a large order like that and then the inventory is not there and then I say, Hey, do you have two or three months to wait on it? And that makes it tough. Absolutely. You know, and I'm just, uh, you know, I say, Hey, okay, I'm gonna queue up with our full custom manager and then he will, uh, sell them to the win. And, uh, but you know, it's just, if I had, obviously if I had the inventory, yeah. Uh, it would be cool to make a new cooler. You know, I always love uh, seeing what different companies can put on it, seeing what comes to life. Like uh, this cooler right here is probably one of my favorites just because it's so simple, but yet the colors uh, just complement. The colors pop. You know, and so, um, 
you know, it, it just sometimes it stinks not being able to see how a logo can fully uh, complement the cooler and then vice versa. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really relevant problem, and that that's a controlled growth problem. But I think that it's really smart the way that you're talking about handling. It's like, hey, look, the stock isn't there. I can get it to you. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's a, if I'm going to have a company tell me that they can't get it for me, I want it to be because they're in such high demand that they're out, that's the reason. Like, so that that articulation, like, look, 12 companies just reached out in the last six hours and took that stock, mm-hmm. right? But I can get you over here for something that's custom, yeah, so you yeah. still got the bailout. But it's not like, hey, we're not managing our business properly. It's We're in such high demand that we're, we can't keep up, man. And a lot of what Breck's saying is he is doing what's best for the business instead of what's best for him in that yes. moment because yeah. he could convert the 500 unit embroidery request if we have the stock but he's saying hey i think your brand is going to prefer the full dye sublimation fully mm-hmm. custom item i want to connect you with the right person on our team so that you guys end up winning and you guys get the best product so breck may be sacrificing his goals in the short term to better the team goals which in end is why breck's yeah, gonna win another cultural thing too yeah, and that's why you're gonna win with your partners too because it's really that's an authentic way of doing it and i do want to make mention real quick that it's brilliant that you potentially have been on good morning america that's pretty awesome chris is also a celebrity he was on cops <laughs> yes. season three he was pulled over wow great episode ran drop the link in great the episode notes. great episode right it's buried in the time it buried we'll in the time it. but I, I will put it in my tiktok i'll tiktok in that <laughs> give me four minutes oh yeah oh yeah so I just thought that I would share that no, just to add please. a little bit, yeah. you know, factuality. One to the is episode. better than the other. Cops yeah. is way cooler. I Cops is cooler. Yeah. What you gonna it's got, do? It's got a better song. It yeah. does have a good song. Yeah. No offense to Good Morning America or whoever's on that show now, but celebrity. That's right. So. In the Club is powered by Club Colors. Club Colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success. From concept to doorstep, Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution, Right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com.